With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Nick Aldis 
Of course, after that, headlines, UFC 225, CM Punk talk, in, uh, New Japan Dominion talk, Raw SmackDown, uh, some fun stuff, fun trivia, and of course, a fun flavor of week just like we do every single week. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Nick Aldis. Enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Sports Illustrated, I am Chris Featherstone. Uh, I am here uh, to interview one of uh, the uh, hottest brands in professional wrestling. And, you know, it's very interesting, and I've had this, this conversation with many people of how uh, life outside of WWE and promotions outside of WWE can be so successful nowadays. And one of those promotions uh, was a bit of a, uh, a rough patch for a, a few years, but uh, with the likes of people like Tim Storm, it is came back by storm. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with I'm I'm interviewing the person who defeated him to become your NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, formerly Magnus. He is uh, his own brand. He is his real name nowadays. He is the brand of Nick Aldis. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. Absolutely. So last time we, uh, you were on the Pancakes and Power Slam show, my podcast, uh, you uh, were talking about just like the lowball offer that uh, that uh, Impact Wrestling gave you and, the, and you didn't accept it. I kind of want to take it from there because – uh, you you departed from Impact Wrestling, and then uh, you you know did some shows here and there, but you really found uh, a really good camping spot uh, in NWA. Now, uh, what was it about NWA that that drew your attention to be uh, eventually and and now a, a top guy there? Um, well, maybe David Lagana, obviously, uh, you know, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy and I met briefly, but mostly really up to the very tail end of my, my run there. And um, I guess obviously, you know, we, we, we obviously had some professional um, respect for each other in the very small interaction that we had there that, that he was obviously willing to, to explore that some more. But I didn't really, I didn't really know anything about his philosophy on the business at that point. And then uh, they gave me a call uh, last summer, uh, basically. I had seen that Billy had bought the NWA and wasn't really sure what he planned to do with it, but I kind of had an idea in mind of what he wanted to do. Um, and then, um, and then Dave kind of basically laid out sort of what their what their initial kind of vision was. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I listened mostly. Um, they asked me what my you know where where things are at with me as far as like WWE or what was TNA or Ring of Honor or anything. Or anything else with that. And I basically said that, um, you know, I hadn't really got anywhere with WWE, um, and, uh, you know, the, the tension that could be the case, and, you know, no one really gives you a straight answer there anyway, but, you know, I've, I've heard a few different versions of it, but either way, it's just, it was something I didn't want to pursue anymore at the point. Um, and then, yeah, you know, like the, the, the impact stuff, you know, I, I really only agreed to go back short term mm-hmm. uh, as a favor to Jeff, you know, because of what Jeff had done to me. Um, you know, in my career, and you know, I just, I could just, I could see the, the, the way things were panning out there, and it just didn't, it didn't look like a lot of fun. Um, you know, but I wish him well, and um, and I just sort of explained that to them, and, and I got off the phone with Dave, just basically, basically agreeing that I was open to, you know, to, to working with them, you know, 
came up. Mm-hmm. And right away, Billy called me straight after that. And then kind of laid out his vision of, of where he saw things going and how he wanted to present things. And it, and it was just very much in line with the way I wanted to present um, the wrestling. And, and I think sometimes people get, you know, there's a, there's a tendency in, with wrestling fans now where people tend to draw a line in the sand and just sort of put you in a box and say, oh, okay, he likes this type of wrestling. That right. means he doesn't like this type of wrestling. And he's, well, if he's taking a shot at these guys or, you know, he's anti this sort of style. And like, that's, that's not true at all. Like I've always believed in the, in the variety element of our business. And I think that's what, you know, that's one of the things that makes it so unique and so popular. Mm-hmm. But there was, there was perhaps a little bit of an overemphasis on one particular style. And like those, the fans that were very vocal, um, seemed to be sort of, um, you know, controlling a lot of the rhetoric that was then making everybody else sort of try to fall in line. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I saw a lot of guys basically just sort of doing stuff that wasn't, you know, that they really shouldn't be doing because it didn't fit who they were. And I just, and I just said, you know, this, this is crazy. Like the, you know, the, 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 the beauty of pro wrestling is, is being able to embrace uh, a character, you know, and, and, and make people feel something with it. And, and thing that I felt like was missing um, was this sort of this this element of creating a big match sort of feel like a big fight feel for an upcoming you know for like a title bout mm-hmm. for, for, for a particular rivalry or something like there wasn't really any rivalries everything was very sort of it was either it was either very very Hollywood you know or it was very like a dream match you know like this great wrestler against this great wrestler for no reason you know and, and I just sort of Neither of those really pushed my buttons that much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always enjoyed like the sort of the rivalry and then, and then you know, creative ways to get to, you know, to get to the, the culmination of it. And um, and and that sort of fit with what Billy thought as well, as far as like what he wanted to present. And um, we felt like the um, the the time was right uh, for for the nostalgia element of the of the NWA heyday of the eighties. Know, was starting to really sort of work its way back into the consciousness of fans. I think a lot of that, you know, WWE can be credited to that for the network, but also things like the um, the 30 for 30 on Ric Flair that did so well, and mm-hmm. I think that just that made a lot of people realize, like, man, I do really miss that style of presentation and that slightly more um, adult type of type of presentation as far as um, you know, not not being afraid to take this seriously still and. Um, and, and, and overall, I think just, you know, the, the, the way that, and Dave's obviously just a great editor and director, that between us all, we, we kind of mapped out a new way of presenting the product, because you can't compete with WWE. I mean, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're so far ahead in terms of market share and their resources. Mm-hmm. There's just no point trying to jump into that space with live events and TV and this and that. All you've really got to do is, is create a product that makes people interested and generates buzz and, and obviously we've been able to do that and that's why you know, we've now found ourselves in the, in the position we're now and it's been very exciting because I think other people in the business uh, such as Cody and the Young Bucks and guys like that they've, they've sort of been doing that as well so they, they might articulate it differently mm-hmm. and that's why I think you know we've, 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 we've got to the point we're at now where I think a lot of our a lot of our different parts are sort of intersecting because we're all, you know, the, the good energy finds good energy. And there's this, the, 
there's this real sort of there's so much positivity surrounding everything we're all doing and I think we're we're all sort of equally attracted to one another as far as like I really like what they're doing and they really like what I'm doing and you know and, and so and, and Ring of Honor really like what we're doing and we really like what Ring of Honor are doing so it's like there, there was there was just all this mutual benefit and then that's how we've been able to get to this point and it's you know and it's historic it's very exciting oh yeah absolutely uh, and as you were talking, I was thinking about just, um, speaking of NWA, uh, someone who came from NWA roots to become a WWE Hall of Famer, Sting. Now, you were accredited to ending the Impact Wrestling career, Sting. Uh, how did that all come about? What, what, what made you the chosen one of uh, that, you know, career match with, with Sting back in Impact Wrestling and... Was it something that Sting kind of gave you the nod? Was did he suggest you? How did I, how did it come about? I don't know. I don't know about that. I um, I I think that that was you know, you know it's funny because sometimes people bring that up and I never think of that as it. I never consider that sort of side of my camp, you know, my career like it's sort of ending Sting's career just because I just I just didn't like that. you know with all the run-ins and all that stuff. I just yeah, it was cheap. And True. Just not, you know, it, it, it was just I didn't. I think it just. I think I don't think that had any. I don't think that was a, a, a long-term planning thing. I think like at that point, mm-hmm. things were falling off there creatively with all different people, and it was, you know, I just happened to be in the in the right place at the right time or wrong place, depending on how you look at it. But mm-hmm. you know, what I do, what I do know is that um, when I when I when I won the match with Sting and Bound Glory, you know, with the submission, that was that was something that he that he specifically you know wanted. Like that, was, that, that, was the, that was something that he gave me the nods for, and that was probably why they decided that I should have a last match. Um, because, you know, Steve has always been, uh, you know, he's always very, very good to me and a very, and a very big supporter of mine and an advocate for me when I was, when I was in that company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, and that's, that's always been uh, a, a very proud point for me. And I think that, that yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting now to see where I'm at as far as, you know, the NWA champion. Yeah. What are some future goals for NWA? I know that, uh, you know, you're the champion now, and uh, Billy Corgan is, uh, or William Corgan, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, uh, the is basically the, 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 the spearhead of, of the company. Um, you know, and like you said, it, it's bringing back the, histor- the, the nostalgia factor uh, that the WWE Network kind of, uh, kind of, kind of brought back to our, our, our lenses uh, as far as bringing back those old-school um, matches and old-school events. Um, is there – you you won it late last, late last year. I think it was December that you wanted the title? Yeah. Yeah. And so you wanted to have – you, you what, what was your vow? You wanted to do like 20 title defenses in a certain amount of time? That, that was something that came about organically, just based on the bookings I have, you know, my existing bookings, um, and then we and then we decided we, we were sort of at first we weren't quite sure how to how to tackle that as far as you know because obviously I had some existing bookings, and then a lot of them then came back and said, oh wow, now you're the NWA champion, right. we make the title match and stuff like that. Yeah. And at first we were we were going to be more selective with it, and then and then the more we discussed it, the more we realized that you know if we really want to you know establish um, the lineage again and the title and the, and the brand and everything. The best 
mean, it's funny that, you know, a lot of people will say to you, like, oh, he's, he's going back to the tradition of, like, the traveling champion and stuff like that. And, that, and I think that, that was something that just organically happened. But obviously, uh, it's it's a unique element. And it's certainly not something that we, you know, that's, that, that we can come up with that. You know, that, that's, that was, uh, you know, the other other NWA champions have done that before me and other people did it after me. But um, I think that I just always... It's, I've always been good at being providing that. Um, you know, I think in this business, you you either you either want to be the guy who people want to see win, or you want to be the guy that people want to see get beat. And mm-hmm. I've always been good at being the guy that people want to see get beat. You know, I, I understand that. Uh, you know, especially with the current you know, mentality of wrestling fans, the sort of sensibilities of them. That you know, a guy who's six foot four, you know, decent looking, good body, you know, like this, this, you know, this, there's not a whole lot to to rally behind, you know, most of the time the, the culture that exists now, people people resent that and they want to see that, you know, they want to see guys like me get taken down. Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the, in the, in the process, uh, I can go around and make guys who ordinarily, um, you know, don't necessarily seem that, that much that much of a superstar, that much of a contender, I can make them look viable. And, you know, that I've always taken that job seriously and I've been, and I've been successful at that. Yeah. As far as our intentions, I think we're, you know, I said this in the latest episode of 10 Pounds, which will go out um, sometime today, I think, or tomorrow, episode 24. Um, I said that, you know, all in is a very telling situation because it's it's a manifestation of what I visualized for myself when I, when I won the NWA title. I said, I'm going to no matter what happens, I'm going to I'm going to bring this title back to a point where it needs something, mm-hmm. and I'm going to defend this title at a big show, you know, with with a, you know with a, in front of thousands of people in front of a viable opponent. You know, I'm going to make this I'm going to bring back the value to this championship because it deserves that. You know, Ric Flair held it, Perry Funk, Harley Race, mm-hmm. you know, Dory Funk Jr., Jack Briscoe. Like to me, you know it. It has it has the longest history in the business at this point, and people like that. You know, people they don't go around creating new championships all the time in football and baseball and you know and, 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 and hockey and all these other sports. They don't they don't go like, all right, it's not the Stanley Cup anymore. Now it's the you know now it's the something else. Like it, it's the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And I think you know the, the WWE title and and the, and the very the, the many different manifestations of that there have been over the years and the NWA title are the two title belts that exist today in the, in the current era that, that have you know an established history and the NWA title has the longest history and it's the same belt yep. and I think a lot of people have gravitated to that because from our point of view we get to put packages together that show Harley and Rick and Terry Funk and all these different guys holding the same belt as I have mm-hmm. and then and so now there's an immediate visual connection and people go wow you know, that's, that's, that's a real that's a piece of history holding that. No offense to the other world titles I've held in my career, but no one really, no one ever came up to me, especially not wrestlers, and said, hey, can I see the belt? Can I see the, the you know, the, the TNA belt or the Global Force belt or, you know, but they do with this one. Mm-hmm. Can I see that? Can I, can I, can I, can I just look at it? And it's, you know, because to a lot of guys it represents their childhood. Oh, yeah. Something, you know, something very special to them. Absolutely. 
Uh, I, you know, I have three belts of my own. I have the uh, big gold belt. Uh, I'll wrap with this big gold belt, the current WWE Championship, and the uh, Attitude Era um, Championship that uh, Austin and The Rock had. And you know, you know, it's one of those things, man, where that NWA title is is in. Uh, is on my radar because I went to Access uh, last year, um, and there was like a uh, kind of like a area, a showcase area for Ric Flair, and they 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 showed his robes and they showed the actual NWA, you know, the replica of the world's belt, and I said, man, that's so much history. You know, in that one, in that belt, the, the, the dome in the middle, and like you said, it's the same belt. You know that that spanned, you know, decades, four or five decades. You know, it's just so much rich history in that. And you know, kudos to you, uh, you know, to to really have that in your mindset of not just saying I am an NWA World Heavyweight Champion, but I want to be a uh, I, I want to be an NWA World Champion that's remembered, that's, that becomes legendary like the other ones. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, an amazing thing. And with that, I'm interested in knowing uh, how that transitions to the all-in, being involved in the all-in. So I looked at the recent video uh, that NWA posted on YouTube and just when uh, you and Cody were talking and just the invitation, of course, there were the, there was the presser of, uh, beforehand, you know, a couple of weeks ago when, when, when Cody, um, you know, saying that he's going to compete for the NWA World Championship and then when ROH was in London, you came in the ring. Uh, a great promo, by the way, and uh, – you know, and and you actually kind of donned, you know, another uh, character, the dealer, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, how did that? How did did what did the vision of NWA that you and Billy have at the current point? How and and it seems like all in an NWA is two different worlds to an extent, uh, just because of NWA being more traditional. All in more being being more millennial. How did those two worlds uh, uh, come together? Was it in was it Cody kind of reaching out to Billy or yourself? Who did that and how did that happen? Well, it's interesting that you that you see it that way because I see it slightly differently. You know, yes, uh, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying before about how people tend to try and draw a line in the sand and say, you know, I like this type of thing and that means have to be against other kind of stuff. Like we had we had a lot of our fans at the, in the beginning kind of questioning our being around why are you getting into bed with these guys, you know, and um, we said because, you know, hold on, Cody Rose, you know, is, is a first of all he's a, he's a, a brilliant talent and he's a and you know, no one respects the traditions of this business more than him. Yeah. You know, and obviously and obviously without without wanting to spend too, you know, too fine a point on it, like, he, you know, he, he, it's in his blood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like, I don't think that it's that big a stretch. I think that it's, um, I think this is the perfect vehicle to bring together all these different visions. Like I said before, it's, it's an intersection of all our different, you know, aspects. We all want the same thing, which is to be big time pro wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just, some of us want to be big time without having to be in the 
the big company for whatever reason. So it's you know it's like a lot of wrestlers in my generation made a big mistake where they put all their value and all of their all their effort went into just getting signed. That's mm-hmm. all they cared about. Mm-hmm. I just want to get signed. I want to get a contract. Well, I guarantee you that a lot of guys, especially the ones in the last couple of years, who have signed contracts are now, you know, they're probably sitting around now going like, is this it? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think... You have to have a very clear vision of who you want to be, not just what. Right. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, because totally. If your if your goal is just to get a contract, you know, then you're you're but you're already you're already laying your cards on the table to use the to use the uh, the, the all in analogy, right? You're mm-hmm. you're basically showing everyone, yeah, I just want to be part of the machine and, and that's it. And I and you know I want to be no, you, you I want to be a big time for a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like I want people to care about a match I have. I want people to, to man, I can't wait to see this. Like this gave me goosebumps. When you look at the feedback to the to the to the to build so far to to Cody and I for All In, you know, I I will I will never sit here and take credit for that show selling out in thirty minutes. That's a, that's an absolute testament to the the, the loyalty that the young bucks have built and now that Cody has, you know, has also, you know, been become a part of and, and Marty and, and, and the other guys in the Bullet Club and the other and, and the other guys involved in that world. Well. Mm-hmm. I'm not I wasn't a part of that world, although I although I kinda was in, in a different way because I have a long history with Marty. We're friends. I have a I have a long history with, you know, Nick and Matt because, you know, we we were we, we joke a lot that once upon a time, you know, the Young Bucks, myself Kazuchika uh, Okada, you know, and, and several others who are now, you know, who now people are talking about, we're all in the lot of TNA. That's right. No one, and, and no one, and no one was paying us a second thought, you know. So, and and I, I obviously stuck it out there, and I was able to work my way to the very top of the organization because I made a vow to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and those other guys decided to move on. And at one point, you know, those guys were headlining. You know the dome, the Tokyo Dome, while I was the, the world champion at TNA. So it's like we we, we have a, a long established, you know, respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we we when the NWA and I think it's you have to acknowledge Dave Lagana. You know, it's it's not it's, it's you know it's Billy and Dave Lagana are running this, and you know, Dave is the one who who takes these visions and takes these ideas and, and then makes them happen out into a product that people see and make makes them feel something. You know, I'm doing my part. We're all, you know, we're all doing our part, and that's the that's the beauty of what we're doing here because it's, we're showing everyone that the way this business works best, in my opinion, is when everybody has their input and everybody is working to the same goal, but everyone's also using a little bit of their instincts. Mm-hmm. And there's something there's something real to tap into with what we're doing. Like there's there's a little bit of real. It's not it's not as manufactured as some of the other products I've seen. Um, but I think that when you see like you know like you said like you saw the in some of it some of it's fate. You know it, it just so happens that the timing of this tied in well with with Ring of Honor going to be so it happens a perfect opportunity for me to say, well, why don't I address this in London, where, yeah. where they would, you know, where, where they obviously there's a 
I said in that promo, you know, I smashed the glass ceiling for British wrestlers as well. Like, that's, I'm, that's, a, that's, yeah, okay. I'm not, it's not just a marketing device to me. Like, I really believe that I did. Yeah, and sure. anyone wants to challenge me on that, then they can go back to, to 2013 and, and see how many people were going on about how great the British Indies were mm-hmm. or how, how many great British wrestlers there were and stuff. And then suddenly, you know, nobody, not even TNA weren't even prepared for the, for the media attention that, that I was, that I received for, for, for being the first British guy to win a world championship in, mm. in, a, in a worldwide televised American wrestling company. You know, so I take great pride in that, and, and, I, and I'm not not suggesting that I did it on my own, and I'm not suggesting that it's all because of me. But I did play my part, and there is and there is something to be said for that. And, and um, you know, sometimes people have short memories of you know, and it's. It, the nature of this business is sort of marking yourself to stay quiet on that something, but now I feel like the time is right to do that because sometimes people get washed up in these sort of, uh, you know, certain people with buzz and certain people, you know, without, and they go, well, why is he getting an opportunity? You know, why does he get this chance? Like, I'm, just, I'm telling you why. Mm-hmm. Because I've earned it. Like, I did, I paid my kids. You know, like, I've been in business over a decade. You know, and it's and I'm I'm 31 years old. Like I'm reaching my I'm just reaching my peak. Mm-hmm. So it's like of course of course this is where I should be right now. You know, this is this is this is how this is what I visualized for myself since I was like 12 or 13 years old. Walking into a you know to a a big time pro wrestling event as a world champion. You know, like and, and we we've we've all all of us Cody myself Bucks Dave Lagana Billy Corgan. You know. The people, the other people involved in all in, we all, we all have visions for ourselves, and, and and then we all, because we all have a mutual respect for each other and a, and, a, and a desire for the same thing, we've all been able to, so far, been able to put those things down together and go, hey, let's, you know, this, this combined energy will create something really special, mm-hmm. and I think that's what you're seeing now. It's not, it's going to be. It's not just. I think perhaps at first there was this, there was this idea that All In was going to be this big kind of um, like an indie fest, just for a certain type of wrestling. Right. And I think that now and now people are starting to realize like that this is just going to be like a big time pro wrestling event. Mm-hmm. It's going to cover all these different bases, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's the best thing about it. You know, like, I just you know my I just made my Ring of Honor debut. You know, two years ago, Ring of Honor wouldn't return my email. Mm. You know, like so, and and, and, I'm, and that's not a knock on them. Like that, that's that that was their prerogative at that time. But you know, fast forward to a couple of months when they find, you know when they made the announcement that I was going to be there. Suddenly, suddenly, it's my long-awaited Ring of Honor debut. You know, <laughs> so it's like you have to you have to be able to accept when things are going your way and when they're not. We this is just an example of a bunch of guys who refused to take no for an answer and busted their ass and now they're and, and now we're all you know now we're all gonna in our own ways we're all gonna prove ourselves on a, on a big stage and i'm absolutely confident it's gonna be a smash hit i agree um and and you know just to clarify it the the, the two different crowds that it usually comes within the nwa and and has you know been shown from the all-in type of indie feel a lot of, uh, I think you alluded, this, alluded to this as well, a lot of them do kind of place each other in specific types of crowds. 
And I, you know, personally, I am just kind of, uh, kind of pleasantly surprised that, um, these two kind of worlds can collide. Uh, and, and I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. And, and I, cause here's, cause from a personal standpoint, All In is, is an amazing, uh, just amazing conception, just an amazing creation of, of her, Cody, just as far as just him and the Bucks' vision. But personally, I think when you bring the NWA piece to it, that's what hits me. And, you know, I, I think a lot of, and I think that's good from a fan base perspective, because you can have kind of like the indie fests, the, the millennial fans that are drawn more to uh, Bullet Club, the Bucks, Cody, so forth. Um, and then you uh, typically NWA comes with tradition, and to collide and combine those two type of audiences to me just makes just makes it even better event. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, yeah. I think it comes down to this. I think deep down, you know, there are always going to be dead. You know, you're never going to please everyone. There's always going to be a few trolls. Right, right. Overall, I I truly believe, and I have to believe in my heart that wrestling fans they want to be taken on a ride. And they and this and in any walk of life, sports, entertainment, anything, people like seeing people who are the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. And the NWA, you know, we we're doing something with the product we're putting out, we're the best at that product. Like this, you know, the ten pounds of gold series and, and the, the, the way that we the way that we're presenting pro wrestling in that prize fight style. Like I've articulated this from day one, you know. Like we're like other people will now, you know. Other people, have, I've seen other people have started to sort of try and articulate this and say, yeah, I think this is what they're doing. And then other people think, oh, good, you know, good, good observation. Like I've, I've been saying this from day one. Like mm-hmm. we, we visualize this, we, 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 we execute this, um, and we're the best at that. You know, the young bucks are the best at what they, being the elite, is a, is a great example of what they do. Yeah. How they enjoyed wrestling me, you know, in in Edinburgh, you know, my Ring of Honor debut, you know, that was part of the story. But it was also true. I said, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go wrestle Ring of Honor, I want to wrestle I want to wrestle the best guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have a tag, it's a tag match with the Young Bucks. Absolutely, who wouldn't want to wrestle the best tag team in the business? Yeah, so absolutely. it's like, and and, and 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 like I say, ask them how they enjoyed, you know, wrestling me. You know, even 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 though we're supposedly from two different worlds, mm-hmm. you know, because I think ultimately, like, real respect's real, mm-hmm. and, and when there's when there's guys who are, you know get it and are and are, are channeling that energy and are, and are working hard and, and doing everything right, like you just get high being around being around people like that, mm-hmm. and, and you know we're we're all we're all making each other better in different ways, and yeah. that's and that's and I think that's going to be what all in really shows more than anything. It's how good this can be when everybody uh, you know embraces all the things about each other that you know that they do best and then puts it all together into this great product. Yeah, I agree. Fantastic. And like you say, you're thirty one years old, so you know, you got so much left, you know, just as a professional wrestler. You've achieved so much. I said last time we talked said the same thing. You've achieved so much at such a young age and there's so much more to go. I guess my last question to you is um, you know, being a former uh, TNA World Heavyweight Champion, GFW World a Global Champion, 
now the NWA World Champion. Like you said, one of the two most prestigious championships in all of professional wrestling. You know, who are some people um, that are big names at this moment that could come to the NWA or could come to ROH that you would like to face that you haven't faced before? And, and, and proving it, and I'll and, 
another year from now, who knows where this could be? Mm-hmm. This could be even bigger, and you know, we could be, you know, the, the landscape could be completely changing and completely shifting. And, and if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm playing a part in that, then you know, that makes me incredibly excited. And, and that's why the time period right now is the most rewarding of my entire career. Yeah, absolutely. Any words for Cody? <laughs> Absolutely. Nick Aldis, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. What an interview. What an interview. Thank you so much, Nick Aldis. Uh, the current NWA World's Heavyweight, back in the days, the World's Heavyweight Champion. Uh, that's how That's how it shows on the, on the, uh, on the belt. World's Heavyweight Champion. So, a uh, big shout out to Nick Aldis. Thank you so much again. The uh, piece for Sports Illustrator to be up uh, this week and uh, follow at Crave Wrestling. Follow me at Chris Prolific. I'll have all that stuff, all that information. I'll have the piece ready uh, for you all to enjoy. We got so much going on today. We got uh, Shawn Michaels being willing to wrestle one more time. Wow. We got CM Punk. Hello, everyone who's uh, joining us in the uh, Wrestling Inc. YouTube live right now. Uh, we got uh, CM Punk uh, 220, uh, UFC 225 predictions. We got Dominion predictions. I got a list of names for you all, and we're going to talk about uh, this is the flavor of the week at the end of the show. We're going to talk about whether these names uh, should have been WWE champion through uh, at least once in their career. I'm going to give you 10, uh, I don't know, I think it's like 10 names or so, maybe even more, that never won a WWE championship throughout the entire uh, duration of their whole career in the WWE. Never won a WWE championship. So I'm going to give you those names, and you're going to tell me whether this person should have won the WWE championship or not. Of course, every week we got a slew of trivia, and uh, we're going to have some fun, just like always. This is 323-episode Pancakes and Power Slam show. Without further ado, Let's get right on to it. Evan Tech, proud co-host with the most. How are you tonight, sir? No under the weather, but of course the show has to go on. I went and won't miss the show unless I really had to, so it's good good to be here. It's been an honor always to be on here. And with the with the great fans of Wrestling Inc. and everybody else. Absolutely. 100% agree, man. It's always good to have you on. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's cram this show and let's have some fun. Headlines, here we go. All right, let's start off with a trivia question. Here we go. Who were the members of the Colossal Connection? Who were the members of the Colossal Connection? So, uh... (laughs) So for the sake of uh, the uh, Pancakes and Power Slam show uh, not having um, um, <laughs> not not having a lawsuit <laughs> on our own hands, uh, let's yeah. uh, let's briefly, let's briefly talk about the CM Punk trial and let's not offend anyone. Uh, good job, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Andre and Haku. That is the correct answer. Andre the Giant and Haku. So let's have a uh, let's let's share our journalistic and um, uh, radio uh, 
personality comments on the goings on of the CM Punk trial. So the trial uh, was determined. It was determined that CM Punk uh, won. He won. He didn't have any type of uh, uh, obligation to pay the doctor Chris Amon. Uh, Amon. Um, the one million, the one million dollars plus, of course, like lawyer fees and a bunch of stuff. So um, he's he's uh, he's free and clear uh, of that. So that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a, you know, I, I have my own uh, uh, take on it, but uh, of course, you know, Pancakes and Power Sam's is a pretty popular show that I've heard. Uh, has been trinkling in, and, and, and people that are current WWE superstars uh, have listened to it. And um, so we won't share too much about that as far as personal opinion for the sake of, uh, you know, not having some uh, of our own. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, it, it, it's a, it was a very interesting thing. Uh, and, of course, you can follow, you can follow the... Uh, the days on Wrestling Inc. as far as what happened, CM Punk's demeanor, different things to talk about. The biggest thing was just the um, uh, the lump that he was talking about was the go- golf golf size. I believe it was on his yeah. neck. Uh, you know that that was the big thing. AJ Lee testified, of course. Uh, Cole Cabana was uh, a part of the the suit as well because it stemmed from. Um, uh, the doctor okay. feeling that he, where his reputation was uh, compromised uh, throughout the, you know, when they were talking about the podcast, and the podcast was after uh, CM Punk left and quit the WWE. So that's basically what happened. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Evan, uh, feel free to share your um, very sensitive comments on the topic. <laughs> yes, we have to be very sensitive because. Like you, current WWE superstars have and do listen to my show as well as yours. Um, I'm just going to say this. It doesn't really affect WWE in no way. It'll affect uh, Dr. Oman. Uh, he probably is going to lose his license. Um, you know, of course, perjury aligning the oath, of course, never does you right. I'll say this. You know, we're normally pretty blunt, definitely me. With the lump on the back of his neck and the story of the Rumble, was it 2014 or 2015 when Batista won it? It's pretty mm-hmm. much a double, double-edged sword. Yeah, I think it was when Batista won, I think 14 or 15. And, 14. Know, I was going, going to WrestleMania 30. 14, okay. Yeah, time flies. It's just, uh, just going to say both parties could be at could have been at fault. You can see the argument for both. You can see why Punk felt his type of way. You can see why WWE may feel the same. But at the end of the day, it didn't last long. Of course, lying under oath never helps. CM Punk wins. Coco Cabana don't win. They don't have to pay anything. They can live on with their lives. WWE's nowhere near affected by this. And Dr. Armand is the biggest loser, if you will. He'll probably lose his license or his license is revoked. So. We'll see. don't have to hear about uh, Punk anymore. We'll in that um, note, he he may he yeah. may not he may lose it he may not we that it's unconfirmed we don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Okay. He's still as of right now, he's still a WWE employee as far as yeah. as far as we know. So uh we don't we don't know that. But um um we'll see. We'll see what happens with that and uh uh we'll see how far it goes. Uh, but uh, CM Punk is CM Punk and Cogaban they both are free and clear of the whole thing and uh you know days before CM Punk is uh <laughs> uh days before CM Punk uh, has to go against Mike Jackson. Okay, now the sensitive uh um the sensitive Y2J is debuting on Impact next month. Breaking news is what Dustin says. Okay, very interesting. Um, there were some things that were um, talked about with um, who, who's the source, Dustin, on that? Um, um, unless we, you know, it's after midnight now, but uh, unless we report it here at Wrestles, uh, WrestlingInc.com um, or any of the other outlets uh, that I write for. Um, We'll see. Uh, I know that uh, I know that Jericho's uh, he's beefing with Callahan. Um, just kidding, just trolling. It's LJK just trolling. Okay, that's what I that's what I thought. Because I, you know, Jericho's the lifer for the WWE, but he is, but you know, he's playing his cards very very well. That's that's what I will certainly. Um, uh, give him credit for. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a huge fan of that, and uh, so I, he's 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 really he's really doing a fantastic job uh, that he's that he's doing. So, you know, big shout out to Jericho, man. He's he's doing his thing in in in, uh, in Japan, um, but you know he's, you know. Of course, you were joking, Dustin. But at the same time, he he did invite Impact to become uh, part of his cruise, and that's in October. And he has been going back and forth with uh, Sammy Callahan uh, on on Twitter. Callahan's like a huge. What's up, GHP? Uh, Callahan's a huge heel right now. So see, that's the thing with Jericho. Jericho is is a, a fantastic businessman. He is in my top five wrestlers of all time, without a doubt. But sometimes I don't know what the heck is going on with Chris Jericho. I mean, now he's the ultimate heel against Naito. Naito won the Intercontinental Championship uh, a few months back. Uh, Lij is so popular that Naito's, you know, doing the, um, you know, more of a babyface route because fans love Lij, especially Naito. Jericho comes as like this menacing heel on New Year's Dash and attacks him. Uh, <laughs> I got to come and this the alcohol. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I don't know what's going. See, Naito's the one of the most popular names, and Sammy Callahan is probably the biggest heel in Impact right now, and. Now he's beefing with Jericho, so that would make Jericho a babyface if he's doing his thing with Impact on the cruise. I don't know what's going on. And Jericho's still a face, um, technically a face in WWE still, because he was shooting with Kevin Owens. Um, that's really the last time we saw him in a major role in WWE. And, of course, the last time, I think Raw 25, he... Um, you know, he did his thing with Elias. So, 
We'll see. Uh, let's talk about Shawn Michaels real quick. The guy is 52 years Shawn old. Shawn Michaels. He's open to – he's finally open. I think it was Sky Sports that he had an interview with. Um, we'll see. You know, uh, he's open to one more match. You know, he's he's been adam, he's been adamant about retiring and staying retired. You know, it's been Kobe over eight years since he's a match. Um, so we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, he's 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 uh, talked before how you know three names that he's um, talked about how he would like to go uh, against. Uh, if he if it was like ten years ago, he put uh, AJ Styles over. Of course, we know that uh, WWE wanted Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles. Michaels said no because he didn't feel as if um, it would be worth it. Uh, regarding, um, I agree that one opponent has to be special. I agree with that. Um, so we'll see. Um, He's put Johnny Gargano over. He's a big fan of Gargano because he's doing a lot of, uh, you know, he's working. He's he's working in NXT now as a, as a uh, one of the lead trainers. So, and then the other person he put over, of course, was Daniel Bryan. He helped, um, you know, train Daniel Bryan. So, we'll see. Um, I guess so my question to you is, yeah, when he was American Dragon, I guess. If it was one more match, and of course, chat line chiming as well. We're already having some people chiming in as far as their um, uh, their thoughts. But if there was one person um, that only one person, if it was only one more match, of course, we can't see. We're not going to get the same Shawn Michaels as eight years ago. Uh, he'll be fifty-three next month. Um, the last time we saw him wrestle, uh, he was what 44. So uh, <laughs> a big difference. Um, we're not going to see maybe a lot of aerial moves. So we'll see the we'll probably see the elbow drop, but we're not going to see the same Shawn Michaels. So we need uh, you know he needs a dancing partner that will help him. So I've got a comment saying. If Undertaker can do it, Sean can do it too. I agree with that a lot. Um, the only thing is, Shawn Michaels' arsenal was a lot different than Taker's. Um, a lot of times, Sean was the person carrying the match. Uh, Taker, he you know he has good opponents to work with, um, and so you know Taker wasn't necessarily the person carrying the match. I mean, he was working with really good people, and they both were putting their share in the match. I mean, of course, you know, when he was going against people like King Kong Bundy and Giant Gonzalez, of course, he had to, you know, carry those matches. But, I mean, throughout Taker's career, you know, he's feuded with Austin, feuded with Angle, feuded with Lesnar, Michael, you know, Triple H, uh, you know, Bret Hart. So, he's feuded with people who could go. Uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, Vader can go, but, you know, he's not, you know, he wasn't person people, you know, he wasn't carrying matches. Sid, you know, he, eh, you know, <laughs> he's not the best in the ring. So the people, a lot of the people who Michael treated throughout his time, Nash is another person who not the best in the ring. Um, so a lot of people who Michael's treated hey. with, um, you know. Tito Santana. Yeah, Tito. Tito can go. I think Tito. Can go. Yeah, Tito's a legend. Uh, I mean, Rick Martel. 
Yeah. So, so like yeah. someone like AJ Seth would be great to carry Sean to the match is a, a comment. Yeah. I agree with that a lot. I would love yeah, Shawn Michaels. Michaels has been in the business for so long, and he's been in a ring with almost everybody. Similar, Michaels is similar to a flag. I said this a lot in the interviews, and it's true with Flair. No one will ever have the resume that, that he's had, Flair's had, because he's wrestled literally just about everybody. Territories to current, to you know, the current now product. Michaels is kind of like that too, AWA, you know, what have you. But yeah. I mean, it, it, Michaels would be fine. Michaels athletic. Some of Michaels' best work is when he came back in OT. Um, when he still he he was still aerial, but he still couldn't go like he did at WrestleMania. So if he yeah. could go against one more person, I would say. It's a toss-up. I would, I would say either either AJ Styles or either Daniel Bryan. Just for one more match, and the match had to be, of course, unsanctioned. You know, that's the loophole. Kind of like when he went against Triple H at Survivor um, on the SummerSlam, which I thought was one of the great matches they had. Um, yeah. I don't worry too much about Michaels. Michaels can still go. Michaels still can pace himself. Well, we don't know that. It's been eight years, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but. Well, I mean, he's but here's the thing. According to Hall, here's the thing. We know, we know that John Michaels, we know that John Michaels can go based on his resume, and we don't think that, you know, he will be rusty because he's so good in the ring. I think we, I think we all can agree with that. So I, I can see that. And obviously, according to what Hall and Hall Nash and Pocket just said maybe a few months ago in some interviews that Michael still works out, Michael still could go. He just chooses. On the ground, I don't know right. if he's still working out in the ring, but my thing is, I have I would have more faith of Michael's coming back and putting on a four to five star match than as of Taker. You know what I mean? Like we were surprised when Taker looked as good as he did. You know, right. just anybody yeah. that's going to come back, and, and like you said, I, we, we don't beat on back. If I was a betting man, if it's any legend could come back, we say, okay, who could you come back and have a four to five star match? It got to be Michaels. I mean, granted, sure. Sting's the ghost yeah. to us, but I would even put Michaels over Sting now because Michaels seems yeah. like he's in better shape. So we just had to go by go by history, but. I, I would say AJ Styles, only because nothing against Brian. Daniel Brown would be great, but Daniel Brown is so small. And not that Michaels is, never was the biggest guy, but Michaels is in the mm-hmm. in-between, like kind of like Jericho and Brett. AJ's small, too, though. AJ's small. Yeah, but AJ's bigger than Daniel Bryan. So, I, I, probably I, you a, know. Probably I, by I, hair. <laughs> probably by hair. I, I put it like this. I, I, I've seen Daniel Bryan in person. I've ate dinner with AJ before he went to WWE. I, and going by seeing the people face-to-face, like in person, like face-to-face, not on TV. I, Daniel Bryan is smart. Nothing against Daniel Bryan because I love both of them. I love AJ. I love DB. I just think for the current Michaels, I think AJ, with the way his body structure is, and not so much about weight, just the way his body build is and his style, I think AJ currently will be the best for Michaels to go against now. Had this been Michaels eight years ago or Michaels in this prom, WrestleMania 12, and 
14, then I will put Daniel Bryan. Because Daniel Bryan has a lot faster style than AJ Styles. Like, Daniel Bryan yeah. worked so fast and quick. It's kind of like how old Mysterio was. You put him against somebody that got to work a smaller style, like Michaels. And I love Michaels. He's in my top five. So to me, it is if he goes against Daniel Bryan now, and I love them both, I just think Daniel Bryan, with him moving so fast, will make Michael seem like a old man. You get what mm. I mean? As, as a yeah, to, but it's tough with it's, it's tough with AJ too, because AJ style is very fast paced as, as well. I, here's 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 my thought. Um, mm-hmm. I I think Seth Rollins is the the best. I think he's the hottest name in all of yeah, WWE he right now. He, he is. Uh, and, 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 and I think Seth Rollins would be a fantastic match, but I think this is one of the dream matches. This is one of the times where a dream match could actually still possibly happen. Now, I have one of my dream matches was Taker Sing versus Andre, okay. and, and and um, and that never happened, or was <laughs> possible to happen since Andre passed. And then right, you have right, Sting right. and Taker, you know, Sting and Taker, which wasn't uh, another one that wasn't it wasn't really possible after maybe a year or two ago because it just got to the point where. You know, it, it, it just Sting retired and, and, and Taker was out of shape. Now he's in much better shape, but it's still kind of. You know, I think the train has passed on that. But another dream match has also been Shawn Michaels versus The Rock. Now they never, you know, they never crossed paths. Never. You know, time in WWE, they've never crossed paths. They did. Shawn Michaels that was, kicked them at the first SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, he did that, you know, when, uh, uh, you know, him and Triple H, uh, during the match with him and Triple H. But that, it's funny because that never ended, that never resulted into a match at all. So they never, I mean, I always found it very, very interesting. And I, and I think that Shawn Michaels versus The Rock, because it doesn't have to be, a, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a wrestling match. You know, I mean, I think just the marquee of it, Will be, I mean, it will be. I think yeah. the marquee of Shawn Michaels versus The Rock would be much. People care much more about that than anything that happens in the oh, ring. Oh yeah. So I think that yeah. you do. I think that The Rock is a good enough pace for Shawn Michaels that Shawn doesn't have to feel like he has to keep up because Carry with everything. with right. he has to keep up with AJ. He has to keep up with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he has Daniel to Bryan. keep up. Someone right. said, uh, I agree "Give big cast ideas." I think that's that's hilarious. <laughs> um, but see, with those see, three names, he would have to keep up at this point of time. Now, see, do I think that he'd be able to? Yeah, but someone like The Rock, I think will. Uh, I think that will they will go within the same pace, and and they would they would it wouldn't be like catch up with each other. It's it, it, you know in. in I have inside news on that with Michaels and and, and, and and the Rock and people wonder oh why Rock and it's one of the legit moments where legitimately they have never wrestled. Sting and Taker yeah. technically did wrestle, but it was in not WCW. It was in air. DNT legitimately never wrestled at all, and it's not like WWE's trying to hide it or this a match that happened somewhere else. They like it didn't. They haven't. 
and and inside news is that basically it never happened. The Rock never, and the Rock has said this years ago. The Rock never expressed interest in working with Michaels, and and inside people were saying that let's just say Michaels in his early years with him, you know, he wasn't for the Lord. Um, didn't really take kind to some of the Rock's family members back in the day. Right. He might have said something yeah. that was wrong or something that happened, and I think that's why the Rock never had an interest. But like you said, I mean, hey, the Rock against Michaels WrestleMania that would be that would be amazing. The Heartbreak Kid, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. The Rock is, you know, hopefully he doesn't get injured because he's like gained two hundred pounds of muscle. But uh. Right. <laughs> Dead by itself would be would be great. Um, yeah. Hey, just we, think we about. Never got to see, we never got to see Orton in the Rock. That's something most too. We've never the, the, yeah. the two third generation wrestlers, two 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 of the yeah. best third generation wrestlers of all time. We never saw yeah. the Rock against Randy Orton. Just think about WrestleMania thirty thirty five. Thirty five is a. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a standout. It's a monumental milestone number. So the 35th anniversary of of WrestleMania. Just think about it. You've got Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. You've got Shawn Michaels versus The Rock. And they'll probably do something like a. Um, I wouldn't mind if if I would Stone if, if, if Lesnar stays. I would do a Braun versus Lesnar. And then, of course, uh, Triple H would want to go in there somehow. And, uh, you know, Triple H would, uh, you know, I'm sure he, he'd probably go against somebody. Um, I, it, it, there, it has the potential to be a very, very good match. I think a showboat, Sean versus Rock would be great. Maybe with Triple H in his corner to add to that no, spark. No, You don't need no <laughs> Triple H. You just need Rock. It, it, Look, not not to disparage the the, the, the um, fans, what you're saying. I'm not, not not being mean. You don't need an extra. Shawn Michaels in a rock shows by itself. Why do you need Triple yeah. H? It does. Here's the reason why, why I wouldn't have Triple H is because Triple H's entrance has tried to overshadow the whole match. So yeah, uh, Triple H's entrance itself is 30 minutes and takes up half the budget. Right, right. Uh, uh, after saying Triple H versus Batista, I'll be I'll be fine with that. I'll be I'll be cool with that. Yeah. Triple, Batista's been yeah. able to go against Triple H for a while too. Um, so yeah, I'll be fine match. with it. Yeah, it'll be a slow well, the match. Slowest, yeah, no, I mean no, they they pretty much still get shape. But the slowest match will be Hogan against uh, Stone Cold. Hogan go against Stone Cold. Oh man, <laughs> I don't want to see. Between knees and back. Yeah. Hey, yeah, but first of all, real quick, you, what would you rather see? Would you rather see Taker against Sting, which I still think can be a decent, good match, or would you rather see Hogan against Stone Cold? I think you take Taker versus Sting. At least they can move and run. Hmm. Is neither an <laughs> option? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Sting can run. He can still. He's still athletic. Taker still can. Uh, we saw Taker. I don't want to see it, man. Here, here's the thing, Evan. Here, Evan, here's the thing. If because of Sting's WWE resume, I totally don't want to see it. Like, if if Sting would have if Sting would have defeated 
uh, Triple H at 32. Or was it 32 that they wanted to get? 31. 31. 31. Yeah, Santa um, if, if, yeah, because 32 was Dallas, uh, Triple H and Reigns. So if Sting would have beat Triple H at 31, I would be more open to Sting versus Taker. But WWE has booked Sting so horribly that I want to see Sting lose another match because the only match that Sting won was against the Big Show on Raw. Big Show on Raw. Oh, God. Yes. It's like, you know, so it was – I don't want to see booked him so terribly. So, what he he technically has – 50-50, 50-50, he has a 500 record because he he beat Big Show and then they changed it to tag match and they won the tag and then he lost, and then he lost to um, Triple H and Seth Rollins. So, yeah, someone's saying Sting will never wrestle again. I'm, you know, I if I had my if I had my way, I would have Sting come back one more time and redeem himself because. Any you know every Sting video WWE related, uh, you know there's not that redeeming because like Goldberg had the perfect story, you know yeah, even yeah. that even though he lost against Lesnar, it was still totally fine because beat him in ninety seconds, beat Owens, bookended it by having a really good match against Lesnar, which he lost, which was totally fine because he still had a great send off. It was still a really good match. So, uh, someone's saying Sting is 60 years old. He's done. Well, you know, if he if he can still go and he's only wrestling one time a year, you know, I, I'll still – I'm not – see, I'm, it's not Sting – it's not an age thing for me as far as Sting because, you know, if you're like Vern Gagne, you know what I mean? So <laughs> Well, Bill Eady, Bill Eady's still going. He's like 80 almost. Yeah, but that's a whole different thing. I mean, yeah. he's just – yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Sting turns sixty uh, March of next year. So, uh, GHP is saying I agree with the appearance. You know, it's and Sting, Sting and Taker are very similar. They they both have that type of mystique where they can go like it's like Wolverine. You know what I mean? It's like uh, he can be seventy, eighty years old, but it's still that appearance that makes him still he, he's timeless. Like his. They have like evergreen um, uh, gimmicks because they have uh, because Sting has the paint, Taker has uh, the the darkness type of feel, the long hair, you know, minus the years he come out came out as Uncle Fester. But you know, uh, the the thing is they have like evergreen uh, gimmicks. But you know, I just wish that they would. Do something with Sting. I, you know, Sting said it. Sting, he said it before. He said he, he said he's in, uh, he said he's in shape to go. Like if he wanted to wrestle now, he could, but he just, he just don't want to. Which, I mean, you know, he's fifty nine years old. I, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't hate him. I can't hate on him for it, but I just can't stand how WWE books Sting. And he's the goat to me. And for them to book him like they did, see, I didn't even have an issue with him putting over Rollins. And I think it would have been even better if he would have actually beat Triple H 
it would have been even better when he put over Rollins because it's like technically, you know, he's the he's the GOAT to me, but it's like, yeah, you don't even deserve a title shot thing. Just because you came out doesn't mean that, you know, you can get a title shot because you lost against Triple H. Um, but, you know, yeah, sad, 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 sad for, for Sting's uh, WWE career. We'll, we'll see. Next trivia question. Who did Carlito defeat to win the U.S. title in 2004? Who did Carlito defeat to win the U.S. title in 2004? All right, let's uh, plow through. Uh, nope, not Flair. Not Flair. Flair's uh, never had the U.S. title in WWE. He's had the U.S. title while he was in NWA, and w, uh, NWA, WCW. It's funny because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Flair, y'all can ch- check on this for me. Oh, good job, Dustin. John Cena. Um, check on this for me, chat room. I think Bash at the Beach 96, if I'm not mistaken, this is my uh, – I've been called the, the Wrestling Inc. historian. So there's so the, out of the, the Wrestling way. Inc. podcast staff um, – has their own gimmick, and people call me the historian. I, people, you know, I've been called the encyclopedia by my friends as well. So let me see if I can remember this. Uh, speaking of U.S. title, if I'm not mistaken, Flair beat Conan in mm-hmm. uh, 90, to the Beach 96, the same yep. uh, pay-per-view that has been turned. So I need, yep. I, need chat, I need the chat room's uh, um Confirmation on that, but if I'm not mistaken, Bash at the Beach 1996, Ric Flair beat Conan to win the U.S. title. I mean, of course, he had the U.S. We're title both. oh times in the NWA, but um, we're both, had, uh, oh, thank you, Mo. We're thank both you, Brandy. Yes, yeah, he defeated yeah. Conan. Um, yep, checked wiki. Good, awesome. awesome. <laughs> If you want a more memorable match for the U.S. title, in, in the chat room would thank me later for this, you get a chance. Watch Conan versus One Man Gang. Oh. Yes, I'm that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you know the, the match. Beat. You know the match. I'm talking about fucking song. I do. I do remember that. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, Conan is, uh, yep. Ric Flair with Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Woman defeated Conan to win the U.S. title. Um, all right, here's another trivia question for the chat room. Who were the members of the U.S. Express in the WWE? Who were the members of the U.S. Express? All right, so uh, the next headline, Steve Austin, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Um, very interesting thing he said about uh, on his recent podcast, one of his recent podcasts, he was talking about the what chant, um, Mike and Barry. Yes, Mike and Barry who, though? <laughs> Mike and Barry who? Um, yes, Barry Mike Rotunda. Okay, close enough. Daddy Wyatt. Barry Wyndham. There you go. Barry Wyndham and Mike Rotunda. Rotunda, Rotunda. Calling him back then to Rotunda, Rotundo. We'll see. Um, all right, so uh, Steve Austin, uh, he was talking about the what chant, and he was talking about 
like it could be a problem to the current um the the current uh 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 roster the current roster WWE roster um I'm going to try to pull up his uh his comments um I don't remember exactly what it was I wrote I wrote the article and he said something in particular that was really cool, and he was—I mean, he—he he, he was talking about how he loves the fact that um, the what chants still, you know, uh, are alive and well um, nowadays. But he was talking about how people just kind of take it too far, and they don't know when to do it nowadays. He said, uh, let me quote, he said, I never knew the what chant would stick around as long as it stuck around. Uh, but he said it can really mess with the guys or girls rhythm, what they are really trying to say. Sometimes they can't, sometimes they can get flustered. Sometimes the what chant can be really over, can really be overwhelming. And you think people aren't paying attention to what you're saying. And sometimes when a really strong, heartfelt promo is happening, they'll start with the what chants. The audience is missing out on the wrestlers saying, on what the wrestlers saying. So sometimes you gotta um, time that what chant when there's some BS going on, and you gotta be able to listen to a real deal promo, uh, so you know what's going on in the story. I feel for you, and I feel for when they're trying to cut a good promo and it interrupts your rhythm, plain and simple. I mean that's just spot on, <laughs> spot on. I think. You know, it, the problem what I have with the what chant now. Now back then, I loved it. There's some people said I didn't like it back then, but I loved the what chant back then. I yeah, was it was great. Huge, but nowadays, you, you deal with you deal with a very difficult crowd. You know, the, the, a lot of a lot of pro wrestling fans nowadays. And someone said this. I forgot who it was. It was maybe Jericho. Um, I forgot who it was, but it was someone really, it was, it was like a big name. I forgot who it was though, but they were talking about how maybe, uh, maybe JR, I forgot who, I forgot who it was, but they were talking about how, oh, it was Eric Bischoff. That's who it was. It was Eric Bischoff. Uh, Eric Bischoff was talking about how, and this is spot on too. I've had him on my show. I've talked to Bischoff a bunch of times. And he was talking about how a lot of a lot of fans nowadays they <laughs> they kind of they they kind of show their they kind of express themselves as wrestling fans because you know deep down inside they've got some other issues going on and they disguise it uh, they, they disguise it with being wrestling fans and. And listen, I'm about to become a doctor in psychology, and that makes so much sense to me because, you know, uh, especially with Raw yesterday, uh, with Raw went Monday night in Houston, it's I thought it was hilarious. Roman Reigns, and we'll talk about Raw in a little bit. Roman Reigns comes out, and he gets a bunch of cheers, the, the biggest cheers Roman Reigns has gotten in, in years. And so – Gets a bunch of cheers, and then Houston's like, "Oh, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. boo, boo," you know. And I and I thought that was hilarious because it's like, "Oh, listen, you forgot that you were supposed to boo Roman Reigns because you don't have a reason 
why you want to boo him. You just want to get yourselves over and just boo him. And yeah, Roman Reigns. Oh, wait a minute, boo. You know, and and that's how that's how a lot of the modern day crowd is, and they just want to get themselves over. And I think the what chant is just like that. Like you'll like there's some promos that I really want to hear that it really has an opportunity to get someone over. <laughs> Great comment. I almost thought Roman was from Houston. That that that's yes. You know what? You you get a uh, you get a ding for that. That was actually actually you get a prize. <laughs> Roman was from Houston. He did. He did get. Uh, he did get received like a hometown boy. That's for sure. Um, I agree with that. Uh, my fan side takes over, even though I think like a writer creator in today's wrestling world. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and it's interesting because that's how the what chant is nowadays. It's like, you know, people just want to say what they're they're probably not even caring. They're probably not even investing in what the person is saying. They just want to do it, and that's what's yeah. make that to me. That's what makes it annoying to me more. Like yeah, before, before, yeah, because because beforehand it was like the what chant went with just the cadence of the interview, and it, it was fun and it made sense. Now people are like trying; they're like playing double dutch with what chants. Like they're they're trying to like. As soon as someone stops, they're like trying to say what, but they're not even paying attention to the interview. They're like, what, what, you know, and, and it just doesn't make sense at all. Um, so, you know, there, I agree with I agree with Austin. You know, it's it's a it was a great chant while it lasted, but nowadays it doesn't go with today's uh, today's crowd. SmackDown uh, staying live, uh, of course, they are moving to Fox uh, on. Uh, next fall, starting in October of uh, 2019, so the fall after next, um, and there was some speculation over the day it will go live or, or go taped. Um, so, very interesting there. You know, re- reportedly, I think the rap is what broke the news. Uh, they said that the SmackDown is staying uh, staying live on Friday, so that does affect the scheduling with the WWE because usually SmackDown is ta- uh, their schedule is from, so they work. So usually uh, wrestlers work four days on three days off. So I believe SmackDown schedule is Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Raw's is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And so since SmackDown is going to be live, um, they use you know they usually book like different cities based on that type of fluid schedule. So, I mean, here's the thing: I'm sure WWE in their mind are like, well, we're going to work it out regardless because it's a over one billion dollar deal they made with Fox. So, I think probably now it would be a matter of Friday. Um, you got the live show, and Tuesdays will probably have to be. They would have to do the house show now because Tuesdays was, I mean, since 99, Tuesdays were taped SmackDown. And then, of course, you had that, those few years in between where they did um, ECW after SmackDown from 10 to 11. So ECW would be live uh, from 10 to 11. 
because they were doing after SmackDown. So, um, so I, you know, and, and then of course you have the other thing, which you know the Hall of Fame is on Friday nights. So, uh, I suppose you know, you know Evan and I will be going to WrestleMania next year as well in New York. Yes, you will. And so, you know, I, I, this year and last year, I got there on Thursday. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to, I may, I may <laughs> have to come on Wednesday, but I think, uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to affect the indies though, because the indie shows, they're not going to want to do anything on uh, Thursday night. Uh, or even really Friday night. It's it's really interesting because um, there's not going to be too much. You, you don't, of course, you want to book your shows around WWE. So if WWE has the Hall of Fame on Thursdays because they would have to move it up a day, I'm sure they wouldn't want to go. Uh, they wouldn't want to have go. Uh, Head to head with their own show, they wouldn't want to do Hall of Fame and then a live SmackDown. That wouldn't make sense. So you would move the Hall of Fame to Thursday. So yeah, really, it's really interesting because I think uh, I mean, like you know, a lot of people come Thursday anyways because a lot of the indie shows start Thursday. Um, You know, I went to Wale Mania uh, this year and last year. I did some coverage both years. I covered the Mark Henry interview. Uh, live uh, through Wrestling Inc. Uh, this year. So that's probably going to go on. I mean, I've, I've had Court Bauer on my show before. I might need to see how, you know, contact him to see how that's going to affect, uh, you know, Wally Mania. But, you know, there, there's going to have to be some type of scheduling through that, you know, because SmackDown is going to be live on Fridays. So it makes sense for either uh, takeover or the Hall of Fame to go on Thursdays. I think most likely it'll be the Hall of They're Fame to take over. Uh, well, I think mm. the takeover stay on Saturdays. I think takeover stay on Saturdays. So this is gonna be the you know that whole day before the the main event. Um, well, who's to say? Who's to say they might move? They may not for that week only. Move SmackDown back to Tuesday nights for that one week. Make that a live Tuesday night show, <clears throat> cause you gotta think too. Yeah, that's this is my thing. What you saying it could work, or for that one week only, you move SmackDown to Tuesday live, cause you gotta think all of that promotion, all of that press work everybody has to do, and that way you can still keep your regular schedule. Where Takeover Saturday, the Hall of Fame is Friday, WrestleMania of course is all day Sunday. Move SmackDown to Tuesdays the only night, you know, for only that one week, and then everybody could. You know, pretty much take care of the rest of the week of how they usually do it. But like you said, that is yeah. And here's the problem. Here's the problem with that though. They're working with Fox's schedule now, so you know, doing the whole Tuesday thing, you know, that they don't have as much. As far as I know, they don't have as much like you know, type of wiggle room with Fox as they do with right. um, you know, with with USA. USA. So, right. Um, so That'd yeah, they, that, that Friday spot is what Fox wants to 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 have. So we'll see. I mean, it, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be very interesting to see how. I mean, we won't have to see this until. Well, well it's interesting because 
it won't be until uh, WrestleMania 36, really, because 36, right. it doesn't implement until October of 19, so we won't have to see this until, uh, you know, WrestleMania 36. So uh, if they tape it on Tuesday, I might as well cut my phone off until Friday. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, we'll see. All right, so uh, next next headline before we get into Raw and SmackDown real quick. Uh, the Book of Man, he believes that CM Punk um, will return to pro wrestling if he loses at, at UFC 225. So at the end of the I show, agree. we'll predict CM Punk will win or lose, and then we'll also predict uh, Dominion. Uh, but uh, we're not going to spoil it, but you know, your comments and also uh, the comment, uh, you know, Evan, your thoughts. Do Will we ever see CM Punk back in the WWE or just wrestling, period? We'll see him back in wrestling. He'll come back to WWE. Everybody, everybody comes back home again. All this, oh, I'll never come back. Come on, man. Like, everybody comes back. It, it, it's nothing to do with... Vince or just everyone does now. And I, I said this on my show earlier today, and I said it multiple times. Me, you even said this privately. It Bret Hart, the man's brother, was killed, lost his life on a live pay per view, and all the shenanigans Bret dealt with with Vince and all the back and forth. He did. Bret came back. Warrior came back. Bruno came back, Cornette came back. Even if even it was just for the Hall of Fame, even some stuff behind the scenes. Bruce yeah. Pritchard came back. Bruce Pritchard came back. Everybody has came back at some point, and under circumstances way beyond just CM Punk. Austin came back way beyond CM Punk just being upset and not happy, and he decided to quit. So you have all these other legends. And former WWE workers that came back under more extreme circumstances. And if anybody wanted to hold a grudge or decided not to ever come back, it would be Brett. And if Brett could come back at the time he was all wounds, and Punk could come back. Punk will be back. What else is he going to do? He's going to fight the UFC. He's probably going to get knocked out in the first round. he probably show up at uh, All In. He's going to be at wrestling again. At some point, you got you, you, you to know where, where your bread is buttered. Yeah, he's, Punk is not and nothing, nothing against Punk, but it's going by. And, and I've interviewed and talked to you know good friends with Ken Shamrock. I've talked to Dan Severin, uh, Bass Rutten. Uh, Punk is not fit to be a UFC fighter. He's known to be a pro wrestler. So, yeah, I mean, my thing is, he gets knocked out in the first round. Go to Chicago. Y'all, we gonna be there. Do a little indie tour. And at the end of the day, when the dust settles. You make the biggest payday you ever gonna make. Come back to WWE. Feed with Vince for a year. Feed with Triple H. Well, here's against the, Punk. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I think Vince. I think Vince will be willing to bring him back. Uh, you know, Triple H. As far as I know, Triple H is the one that doesn't really want to touch him with a twenty foot pole. Um, Vince's company. Vince is the man, Vince, though. Vince, Vince sees money in him. And you know he, you know he would get a big ovation. But here's the, here's my thoughts on it. I think the 
I think the person who would be the ultimate reason why he does not come back would be CM Punk because, right. you know, it, right. seem, it just seems like Punk would be the one who would hold a grudge. It seemed like Punk would be the one who would say, you know, I walked out of WWE and I don't care. I'm never going to come back. Even if they give him, you know, a very good contract, I just don't see um, CM Punk, you know, with his, with his, the way that he acts. I don't see him being the one that says, okay, you know, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and do it. And, you know, I, I just don't see that. I, even if Benton Triple H says, okay, let's bury the hatchet, I don't see CM Punk being the guy who says, okay, let's just let bygones be bygones. And, I, you know, a, I don't see that. That's a, that's a good point. And I, you're right. Because I was going to say, you know, uh, Vince wouldn't mind it. Your weight says no, but it means Vince's baby. And we and another thing we all also got to remember, too, Matt Hardy, you know, the, the leader of the world. Matt Hardy came back. Vince saw money with Matt Hardy and Edge. Do that legit feud where Edge cheated on, you know, leader cheated on Edge, cheated on Matt Hardy with Edge, and doing that whole thing. The whole turmoil, he made money, and that was sticky. And, you know, at the end of the day, none of them were for. But, like you said, Punk would, probably would be Punk. Punk probably would have set out. But, I mean, come on. I mean, we, we've all seen it, man. We we talked to the guys off air. We've had them on us. We, we've heard the interviews with Brad, uh, blah, blah, blah. He came back. And we've seen it with Bruno. And, and it, 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 after a while... The saying is right. Time does heal all wounds. It's still fresh. Do we really miss Punk? I really don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's, got, it's gotten to the point where it's gotten to the point right. where people actually boo the CM Punk chants nowadays. I do. Now before I, I, it was like a big deal. It was a big deal when people would chant CM Punk. But now you still now you have a small corner who chants CM Punk. Who usually immediately get booed by other people? So that's that's basically Not, the reputation that CM Punk I'm, has now. I'm more, I'll be more excited to see Kevin Federline come back for his revenge against John Cena <laughs> than to see CM Punk come back. It is, I, I, I never thought I, I never thought Punk was. I'm not taking away for that. I never thought Punk was all of that. I never thought AJ Lee was all of that. I thought she was yeah. overrated. It is. Yeah, I. I've uh, I I've, really, sh- I've shared my thoughts on CM Punk uh, a bunch of times. On, he, on, on I, mean, the, the, I mean, yep. the stuff he did with Joe and RH, his RH work, okay, great stuff. WWE, I mean, granted, he did go against the grain. He did fight for being different. I, I'm for all of that. But, and, and then, of course, I have a little bias because Kenta has always been one of my favorite Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. He got all of these kids. They ought to go to sleep and say, Punk. No, it's not. It's not his move. Kenta. <laughs> Kenta, yep. Kenta and, that. But anyway. You know, and CM Punk has probably the worst elbow drop in, in the business. So, um, Every time I see CM Punk's elbow drop, I just, I apologize to the grave of Randy Savage because uh, it just, it looks really bad. Is, 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 it, is it as bad as the old glory knee drop? From Hexar Jim Duggan, but another I'm, okay the, I'm, I'm okay with the Oak Glory knee drop. Just that you know, <laughs> he's not because he's not mocking anyone. I mean, I mean, he's not, he's not mocking. He's right, not right, trying right, to. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's not trying to uh, kind of 
you know, channel anyone. Punk tries to channel uh, Savage, and it's just it's terrible. Who but, was the self-professed we, it, it, Canada's greatest athlete? Who was the self-professed Canada's greatest athlete? Here's, here's the thing. Would you rather see, and this could be a panel question to the chat line, the ugliest, ugliest homage move. Would you rather CM Punk's, Punk's ugly elbow, or would you rather the atrocity of the Rock Sharpshooter? That he never puts on correctly. Oh, what would you? What, what would you pick? <laughs> I, I have to pick. Yeah. And you know me, Sting's the goat. Now, now, and I'm a good fan of Bret Hart. I gotta pick. I, I'd rather see the. I'd rather see Punk's elbow drop. Because I, I literally cringe. Mm-hmm. The Rock Sharpshooter. WrestleMania. I'll 17. say neither. I say, say both of them get. <laughs> Either. Oh man! Iron Shark. Good job, Brandon. Good job, Dustin. Good job, Mo. Um, what did he say? Stuff. Uh, Iron Mike Sharp is the correct answer. Oh yeah. All right, yeah, so let's I'm get sure. a SmackDown review. Uh, we'll be right back uh, in a few. Smackdown thoughts. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins the hottest thing on WWE right now. Um, uh, Team B, the B list team, or the Team B, whatever you call them. Uh, I think that's pretty hilarious. Um, hopefully they go well for them. Bobby Lashley, the world of Purgatory, Pur- Purgatory Lashley is so lost. Look at this wandering through the wilderness. I feel sorry for him. Um, the main event was good, you know, good to see Kevin Owens and, and, and Finn Balor. I, I, every time I watch Raw, I think about a few years ago, we both talked about how people complaining, John Cena, John Cena, John Cena, Triple H, Triple H, John Cena. It, Raw is it, it, different. You Raw and SmackDown, you don't see the same people in the main event. And you get to see a lot of the younger generation, these newer, newer um, you know, the newer athletes, the Kevin Owens and the Finn Balor's and all of them main event role. Um, I don't get to see briefcases just showing that on each show, which which I really don't get throws me off. But uh, I thought it was a good main event. I enjoyed Balor against Owens. Um, him doing them, I, Finn Balor in that move just doesn't. I like Finn Balor, but that that finishing move just doesn't. It works for him, but it's just not believable to me. I'm glad that he did it. He was able to pull it off without breaking anything. Um, but uh, in, in the small things with Finn Balor, where he couldn't lift his hands up, but he still did little things and the keys to his music. I really enjoyed. Um, uh, Charlotte tapping out on SmackDown. Wow. Uh, uh, Becky Lynch finally is getting another push because she's been down in the dumps for a while. Um, 
I thought uh, Big Cash was uh, funny with his segment. Uh, the mixed tag match kind of threw me off. I, th- I thought um, SmackDown was okay. Uh, you know, I enjoyed Raw a little bit better than SmackDown this week. Uh, the contract signing was was decent. Uh, Nakamura sounds sound funny saying last man standing. Uh, after a while, I love Nakamura and I love AJ, but this is starting to feel like Rock versus Triple H, 97 and 98, where they literally wrestled almost every single pay-per-view for them two years. And I love AJ and Nakamura, and I love the feed, but at some point, we got to get – is it me or am I forgetting that AJ Styles is the champion? It's like, oh, crap, he is champ. Yeah, we've we've talked about that. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. So, uh, yeah. Um, Yeah, the constant Corbin. I I like that role with him, actually. Uh, I thought thought SmackDown was head and shoulders uh, better than Raw. Um, Raw was, uh, it, it was. Uh, exhausting to me. It, it, <laughs> it, it, did, really it did drag. I, I give you the did drag. I give you that. It was just oh, it was rough. Um, I really like Elias and Seth. I love that feud. It's oh, one, yeah. of those, one of those rare occasions where like both of them really elevate each other, and either one of them having the championship works. You know, so I, I think that will. And we talked about Reigns getting a bunch of pops. I think that was hilarious. Um, James Harden, uh, that was hilarious. I thought that Kurt Hawkins was, for a moment, I thought that he was going to win because there were, you know, 199 losses and then Corbin comes in. And it's so sad, man, because I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's so sad. Someone's talking about uh, uh, Natalia's injury. As soon as I saw that, I said, "I said, okay, this is what's going to happen." Natalia, Natalia is feigning the injury. She's going to turn against Rousey at Money in the Bank. That's the that's the first thing that I thought about. Um, you know those tacos. Um, I mean, man, I mean, why waste? So you know, I forgot about uh, that. Corbin for that. Um, Strowman and Rude, I can definitely see Rude uh, doing more of the heel thing and feeling comfortable yeah. with it. Uh, I can definitely see Rude uh, turning heel soon. Uh, it surprised me that the B team won the Battle Royal. It didn't make sense that Drew and uh, and, and Dolph Ziggler was in it. Uh, but they try to protect them a little bit when they start beating up people afterwards. So uh, I guess that's a way to atone for it. But uh, you know, I, I mean, here's the thing. I really like Matt uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, the leader, the, the leader of worlds. I really like that team. Like I said before, Matt Hardy, well, Woken Matt Hardy is is probably the best gimmick he's ever, uh, ever well, Broken is the best gimmick he's ever had. But Virginia. Um, and then Bray was supposed, you know, you know, he was a drag while he was a heel. It was long overdue for him to turn oh, face, yeah. and I think. Gosh. Too, you know, to to turn face. So, I like it. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, you know, I think the B team won just for them to lose. You know, I, I really hope winning. they don't win the titles. Uh, that would just they're, bring they're the Barry, it much. They'll be the Barry Harvises uh, of uh, the tag titles. Uh, I, 
I don't. I hope that don't happen. Um. So yeah. So uh, the the reversing the decision with Bailey and I mean, what the heck is Bailey doing these days? I mean, that makes no, no sense. Of, Ever since of the what budget she, cut, she hasn't been the same. It's it's so sad. It um. I don't know, and, and I really like the uh, also uh, formerly known as um, a video series that they're doing. Bailey's was awesome. Uh, Seth Rollins was awesome. I haven't looked at, I haven't watched Luke Harper's yet, but I'm sure that I, I watched probably the first few seconds of it. Then I had to do something. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to see that. I really, really like those series, but I mean, it just made sense with Bailey, but now it's like. Whoa, what are they doing? Um, so yeah, it was a drag to me. Balor and Owens just you know, the ladders and, and it just it that went too far. Yeah. That was the yeah. drag. I mean, just that two hour format with SmackDown just make I mean it just it just makes things a lot better. You know, it just it's it, it makes it, it more digestive. Like, just like a chore. Uh, uh, Carmella to me it's like She's starting to lose steam um, as a uh, as a heel. Like I just, she gets a lot of heat, and I really like it, but I'm I'm starting to get tired of Carmella already. It's also so. lots of bliss. It, it seems but, like with but, the women's division, it's like you you you're either like you're super hot on fire, or you just like stick stone cold, literally. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like with. With Oscar, um, like I, to me, I'm like I don't want her to win it at Money in the Bank because that's more of a minor. I mean, they're trying to make it like a bigger type of pay per view, but winning it at Money in the Bank to me, like it, it would make it would make it makes more sense for her to win it like a SummerSlam or something like their Survivor Series. But you know, having this undefeated streak and losing at Mania and winning at somewhere like Money in the Bank is odd to me. So. We'll see on that. Um, glad that Carl Anderson beat Luke Harper, but they're going to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to get like ran over. Uh, so, Superstar uh, like the like tag match that was cool. Um, the contract signing reminded me of uh, Hogan versus Andre with uh, President <laughs> Jack Penny. Jack Penny. Um, <laughs> Big fan of Becky Lynch. I was surprised that she beat Charlotte, but I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, so I was cool with that. Big Cass's interview was okay, but it ran a little too long. And then uh, the six-man tag was fantastic. And they protected everybody to have the heels go turn against the Miz. To, you know. But, yeah, it, uh, it was good. SmackDown was a good show. So good stuff. All right, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we need, uh, we're going to have a lot of interaction from the chat room. Uh, and for this player of the week this week, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's do it. It is now time for the flavor of the week. We got a comment saying that Becky looked like she was going swimming. That was funny. All right, next trivia question: Who did Gilbert defeat to win the light heavyweight championship? Who did Gilbert? defeat to win the light heavyweight championship. All right, so I got a list of names for the chat room, and you're just going to simply tell me this week's Flavor of the Week is I got a list of names, uh, and you're going to tell me um, no. Nope. 
Goldberg did not beat Takamichi no cool. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, good job, Tristan. Christian, the correct answer. Good stuff. All right, so I'm going to give you a name, and you're going to tell me uh, just real quick, uh, it, should this person have been WWE champion through uh, any time in their career? Let's start. The first one is Hercules. Was Hercules has her, uh, should Hercules been, have been WWE champ? No. I I agree. I'm gonna say no. I like Hercules. I think they could have built him to be championship material, but I think that they, based on their booking, uh, we're getting some no's here in the chat room as well. Especially after the steroid, after the steroid uh, lawsuit. Person in in one of the most under one of the most underutilized talents in WWE period. So. Uh, next one, Earthquake. Should Earthquake have been? Uh, yeah, good job. Uh, I agree with that. He uh, he would have been a good Intercontinental Champ, uh, Hercules. I agree with that. Um, Earthquake. Earthquake. No. Hmm. I agree. I agree. I say no for Earthquake. I think the tag champion was uh, someone saying, "Yeah, of course." Hmm. Interesting. Um. I think he the was tag champion. He's another territory. Yeah, but not WWE. Yeah. Uh getting no earthquake was a good heel. Um another comment. Sure. I'm gonna say no with Avalanche. The Avalanche. Um Earthquake with the proper momentum could have been an IC champ, maybe dethrone warrior, no WWF title. Good tag team, not single team. I agree with those comments. Those uh, I agree with John those. Sinclair. Next is Ramon. Reza Ramon. No, he didn't need it. No, he, he Scott Hall didn't need it. He was a great IC. He, uh, I say no. I, I, Scott Hall was he was just that so charismatic. He just didn't need the title. I, I'm saying no. I say a hundred percent yes because it's it's hard for me to to go. I'm, I mean, I've heard that a lot with good characters, but it's hard for me to just be okay with that. Uh, you know, people like champ? a deep. Yeah. Or Jake Roberts, you know, their their character transcended, you know, titles. But I, I I don't think it's fair for them. You know, like they're they're so good, they deserve to be a world champ. And I think that uh, Ray Ramon should have been world champ for sure, no, without a doubt. Um, okay. Next one is Bad News Brown. Oh, real quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, one hundred percent. Uh, he had been a nice heel champ. I think Razor was better as a babyface, though. Um, yeah, Razor was better as a babyface. Says Razor had the build. He was a good heel. Uh, I'm still waiting to this day for Razor to be world champ. That's a great comment. Um, uh, Bat News Brown. Yes. Um, yes. Bat News was. Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's twofold. I feel like he should have been. And we still have yet to have a black WWE champion. And please do not give me that crap about The Rock. Don't even start with that. Um, <laughs> his Featherstone now will go off very quickly. Uh, I, I think he should have. But I just think he just was at the wrong time. It bad news, well, that's, maybe. I mean, that's, that's the funny part of it because uh, he left the WWE because uh, from, from uh, old stuff, from what I've heard before, is that Vince promised him a huge push and that never happened and so he left WWE. 
So um, that's the thing. Um, he feuded with Hogan. He feuded with Piper. Feuded with. I mean, he 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 feuded mostly in the in, in the in the uh, mid card with with Brett and Piper um, when they were in the mid card. But um, when you know he had a uh, he feuded with Hogan for a hot second, and I think Brad News Brown would have been a good champion uh, for sure. Bad I think News if Brown, you title. See, I, I, don't, I don't, again, I don't agree with that. I don't agree to, I don't agree to say that a person does not need a title. I do not agree with that at all. I will never agree with that because the pinnacle of a professional wrestler is to become a world champion. I, it, it wouldn't make sense for me to say, you know what? I want to, I want to become a professional wrestler to have a really good character to get me into the Hall of Fame. No, I want to become a world. I, I want to become a world champ. That's the reason you why mean I you want to be. You mean you want want to be a, a Coco Beware? Absolutely not. No, no, I'm just thinking. Uh, I'll respect the Coco. You really good good <laughs> Coco was a big. He was a big draw back in the day. But, yeah, he was. Um, so, all right. So, I think uh, mostly, I think we've been a nice team. All right, next, next is Ted DiBiase. Yes. I agree, hands down. I mean, there's I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think there's any with that. I don't think there's any arguments to that as far as Ted DiBiase. Uh, underrated some, worker, yeah. underrated worker, and Mike skills. Yeah, um, Big Boss Man is next. Ah, nah, I think I, even though he was more athletic than than Avalanche, and and I love Boss Man or or, or Big Bubber uh, from from. The 80s and you know, John Tenta, Golden Angel. I'm sorry, not John Tenta. I say no, but you know what? No, I take it back. Yes, when Bossman was when he was when he was at his prime, when he was a face for Hogan, Bossman would have been a good yeah. champ. He definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. People forget how quick he was. a great face and how he was a heel. He beat Hogan early one year. The next thing you know, he tagged with him. Yep. <laughs> we need a security champion is what uh, Mo says. Hilarious. The blue suit boss man could have. Yep. Um interesting note here, comment on uh on on uh DiBiase. Uh DiBiase should have held the title after Andre gave it to him. I agree with that. I, I totally agree yeah. with that actually. Because because Andre's uh win is the title reign, but not uh not DiBiase. Uh, next one, real quick, is uh, Crush. Crush. No, no, no. <laughs> when I, Hawaiian when I Crush, Crush. <laughs> the disciples of Apocalypse Crush, Prisoner Crush with that Don tattoo on his forehead. Well, that's no, no Kona Crush. Crush. No heel turn, feuding with uh, Savage Kona Crush. Nah, uh, you know, Savage had the, the lacerated tongue. Yeah. Nah. I agree. Uh, no for me too. Uh, I say no for Crush. Uh, cool music though. The... Yeah. Uh, all right, real quick. Next one is uh, Jimmy Snuka. Yes. Yes, he's uh, one of the hottest tags in the eighties. Uh, I I say yes, one hundred percent yes. I think there's no de- no debate. Um, the fact that he, you know he didn't even get a title. In the WWE, that's that's crazy to me. Wow, um, I didn't think about that. You're right. Never won. Never won a title in WWE. 
if anything, he it would make sense if he would have had a mid card title. I mean, he's feeding with Morocco, but um, never won a title. So, um, uh, he won a, he won the ECW championship, I believe, uh, when it was uh, still Eastern. Uh, um, videos. But, but yeah, I mean, he never, never won. Uh, let me make sure. But one, yeah, the brand is saying that's outrageous. I, I agree. Never won. All right, so uh, let, let me see. Let me just make sure. Uh, there's one something. All Japan catch AWA Continental. Um. Mid Atlantic, the U.S. title. Yeah, I remember he won the U.S. title. Um, WWE Hall of Fame class of '96. That's it. Zero champion. Zero championships. All right. Um, two more. Roddy Piper. Of course. Roddy Piper. Of course. Even though Piper transcended it, why not? Piper was Piper was still one of the best heels of all time. Yeah. He, he was a he was a good baby face, but he bad as a hell. I think he was good at both. That's that's what was so good about Piper. He was he was really good at both. Um, Wait, he, he I, I agree. I, I think Piper should have been champ without would you, a doubt. Would you give him uh, Piper the champion? Because let's not forget the match of the century: Hogan and Piper, Starcade '96. Ah. Uh, I wish they would have. I wish they would have given me the WCW title time. But, but even you know WWE, you know I I agree. Um, I I think that he should have won. I, I was glad that they gave him the Intercontinental Champ uh, Championship. Um, but I think you know he would have been a good world champion, even if it was transitional. You know, I think I think it would have been good. All right, last one, the Mountie, the Mountie. No, no. Uh, I agree. He was uh, he's a no. mid card uh, talent uh, for for uh, for a little bit, but uh, I don't think he was a uh, good world champ. Uh, Real quick, if, if, Rick Martel. Rick Martel should have been champ. All right, so that so we did ten today, uh, and we'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll have some people t- tweet at Crave Wrestling. All right, so real quick, do you think uh, CM Punk uh, will uh, win? Uh, we got like uh, a minute. Do you think CM Punk will win uh, UFC 225? No, he'll lose in the first round. All right, I agree as well. Uh, who's won? Derek uh, Hardy. Can't hear you. Who? All right, we gotta go. Uh, I, I can hear you, uh, Jericho and Naito. Your thoughts? Uh, Naito. Uh, okay, yeah. I think Naito's gonna win. Who's gonna win between Okada and Omega? Best two out of three. Uh, Okada will win, and the match will be about I and a half long. Uh, I think. Forever Tech Crowd, I'm Chris Featherstone. Thank you so much for your wonderful, wonderful, wonderful support. Until next week, always remember, enjoy your week's wrestling. God bless. 
and I'll do it for you. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.